All right, we are going live. Hello, my friends out there in Heart and Hustle land. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, visionary healers, movers, and shakers. I am your healer, mover, and shaker, <laughs> Paulette Ristini, and actually your transformational lifestyle coach and your global dance director and author and uh, a woman of many coats and colors. And I love bringing other women of many coats and colors to you to share in the passions and the love, 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 love. <laughs> we just talked about love. We got love going all over the place here. Uh, and what, what, makes, what makes these women do the work that they do and where's the passion and where's also the, the hustle, you know, as a, as a businesswoman, as an entrepreneur, as an artist and uh, healer in any of those genres. Uh, but what, what information, what teachings they can impart to you, but also just, I think their stories are fascinating and how they've gotten involved in doing the work that they do. Uh, whether they've been doing it all their lives or they left something to do, their passion. Everybody has a different story, and that's so great. And today I get to bring you Anna DeMoshe. De Hello. Hey, Anna. And uh, you can see Anna is all about the love. Yeah. So Anna is a divorce consultant, uh, among other things. And I just find that so important. <laughs> I mean, it kind of blows my mind. It's not something that you would normally think about. But when people have to go through that process, you're there to guide them. So tell me about that. Well, um, it's really interesting. I actually created the position that I'm in. Um, and there certainly are divorce consultants, divorce coaches. Um, but I haven't found anyone specifically doing what I'm doing. And the reason I came upon it is in my own divorce, um, gosh, coming up on two years now, um, I had all of the ability to go through and with my partner create a peaceful divorce and mm. figure out all the ins and outs. Um, I have a financial background. I was a, um, I was a financial advisor for her more than a decade in finance. I quit doing that to be a spiritual teacher, stay at home with my daughter, do something more heart centered, follow my passion, find nice. more, um, just more in, in tune with what, it, with love, what I wanted to do. So did that. Um, and, and when was that? That was, I quit the finance in 2015, had my daughter. Um, we filled our house full of foster kids and spread love that way. Um, and, um, in you know 2017 um, my husband and I realized that you know after doing a lot of the things you try to do whether it was therapy or you know this and that and date night and all of the things we realized you know what there's nothing broken here it's just different we're meant to transform into something else we just weren't meant to continue walking the path together as husband and wife we were meant to be um, partners in life as co-parents and friends because mm -hmm. that's what essentially we realized we were and we kept trying to fix that and change it and realize there's nothing broken here. We're just different. And that's okay. We had grown together for, you know, we were together for 12 or 13 years and um, we had a, just such a wonderful friendship and partnership and we were great co-parents, but realized, you know, we just weren't meant to be husband and wife anymore. And so 
we, um, you know, did all the things that you do to, you know, change a life and unpack all the decades, you know, all the things and figuring out where somebody's going to live and separating the budget, mm. and doing all of that. And who takes the couch and who takes the dog and what do we do for the co-parenting schedule and, you know, the kids and we still had three foster boys at the time. And wow. so we were working through how to, you know, do all of that and be very mindful of the children and how to care about all these things at once. And, you know, there's such a stigma with divorce. So I assumed even though my husband and I had such a great relationship, we were best friends, we were always kind to each other, you know, I have done so much spiritual work and, you know, self work that, um, I have unpacked a lot of my wounds and baggage. So, you know, I wasn't putting any of that on him and he, you know, he's a very, you know, patient and kind person and self-aware. And so we were able to talk through everything and, and do everything of that nature, but still I thought it was going to be horrible because all you ever hear is that divorce is a disaster and it's terrible. And it's just, um, there's just such a stigma on it being the worst thing ever. And so after we had moved through that process, um, of course there was sadness, of course there's grief and all of that and all the changes, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't wrought with pain. Like we lived together for months and months being very aware of the children and explaining to them what was going to happen and being very mindful about the time we took to do it. And it was it was fine. I mean, it was so I got to the end going, wait a minute. This wasn't horrible. People need to realize this is possible. Because even when we told our friends, we waited a long time to tell people that weren't really close to us because we hadn't told the children everything yet. And so when we did announce to people what was happening, they didn't even believe they were like, well, what's the real story? What really happened? Oh, right. She just came together and decided that we just weren't meant to continue together. Oh, what, what really happened? Who cheated on who? You know, what, what really happened? Like there had to be something ugly. There had to be there. something. Like there had to yeah. be, had to be horrible. And I'm just thinking, this is crazy. So I started writing about it. And um, after that, because um, I wanted people to know, like I wanted to shout from the rooftops, like, hey, divorce doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be the worst thing. Um, it can be peaceful and full of love and gratitude for the life that you shared and everything that you had and honoring the love that you had in the family and just moving into something else. And so mm -hmm. I started writing about that and just feeling called to talk about it. And, um, so let me stop for a second. Yeah, so when ahead. you say you were writing about it, were you like journaling for yourself or were you writing articles? I had a, yeah, I had a blog um, okay. that I kept when I was a foster mom and I wrote about, you know, parenting and positivity and love. Um, and so I started, I wrote, um, about the divorce. So I put it out there mm -hmm. and, um, and then I realized, well, how does anyone do this? Like I was a financial advisor, so it was very easy for me to figure out what we could afford and, you know, the mortgage and let's split yeah. this and let's do this and let's the retirement accounts and this and that. And I had done so much spiritual work that it was easy for me to do the healing part. And, you know, I had done all the foster parenting stuff and done so much education around positive parenting and what children need and the support for them and co-parenting with, um, you know, various foster parents that I had that, you know, I had all the qualifications to do this. And I thought, well, how does any normal person do this? Mm. And I realized they, they don't, it's so hard. Most people hire a lawyer and battle it out or they're confused. They don't know where to start. Um, and our, 
the foster boys ended up going home. And so I thought, well, hmm, what am I going to do with myself now? Um, I didn't want to go back into mainstream finance. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't, that didn't feel aligned with, um, you know, love. <laughs> um, and so a, a friend mentioned this designation uh, in finance called uh, Certified Divorce Financial Ana Analyst, a CDFA. So I looked into that. It is a financial specialist in the divorce world. So I thought, well, oh my gosh, I can totally do that. And in, in addition to that, I can help with the spiritual side. I can help with the co-parenting schedules. I can help with the empowerment because a lot of people have trouble moving through and not doing the blame mm -hmm. and the fighting. And so um, I started looking into it, realized like it doesn't exist. Like when you go through divorce, you have the attorney and you have the divorce um, coach who might help you with some of the feelings or you have the therapist, you have the children's therapist, you have the financial person, but no one knows where to start. And no, none of those people, most people just hire an attorney and they don't get help with the emotional part or the financial part, or they hire somebody to do the finances, but they're battling back and forth about the co-parenting schedule. Well, yeah, so many layers, so many layers. And I can imagine, I can imagine the financial thing is I mean, on top of emotions, that's got to be, well, I'm, then I guess you have kids. I mean. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. When, wow. Especially, too, one of the biggest things that people fight about in a marriage is finance. So mm -hmm. if you're going to fight about it with this person that you love and think you're spending the rest of your life with, what happens when you're divorced? Right. It's just, it can be so hard and you mm -hmm. can't deal with those huge decisions in such emotional capacity. And so what's so cool is that you had a passion in all those little aspects. Right. And training. And so talk to me about the spiritual stuff. What, yeah. what, what, what was that for you and how do you incorporate that into your work? Yeah. So I, you know, growing up, I was always really in tune with mother nature and, you know, the universe and knowing there was something, but not really sure what it was, not being tied to any organized religion. Um, just not really sure, but knowing there was something and, um, in gosh, probably, I think early 2015, it was right about, I think before I had my daughter, um, before I was pregnant, I found my mentor, um, Christian Strang. She, um, runs the mm. nonprofit Rising Up for Love, who I think you yeah. really know. Mm -hmm. Um, and she works directly with spirit and channels things and puts out all kinds of amazing information. And the first time I read it, I went, Oh my gosh, like, this is it. This is exactly. It. And I had been, you know, for years and years, I had been on sort of the, a slow journey of reading, um, you know, Eckhart Tolle and mm -hmm. uh, Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson return to love. All of those things really helped um, start that journey of self-awareness and peace and working on, um, you know, my internal you know, things that come up rather than blame and like realizing we're all one. So I had started that journey and then I found um, Christian in early 2015 and everything just clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the truth to me. Like this so resonates with my heart and my soul and what I believe and um, really opened up the world of, um, you know, what is possible in life. Um, and I had come across some of that with, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the um, like law of attraction stuff, um, mm -hmm. Abraham Hicks and all of that. Mm -hmm. And this kind of took it to a whole new level of just the awareness of 
spirit and oneness and what is out there and how much support we have. And so I started doing um, courses with her. I got my spiritual teacher designation with her. I got a love activist designation. This t-shirt is not from that, but it, it is funny because I am also a love activist through her um, work. Um, and she's been my mentor for years and just really opened my eyes to you know, healing myself and my own wounds and being able to show up in the world differently and operating out of total peace. And so it was, it was really in the beginning, something just for me, um, something that really interested in me and resonate, interested me, resonated with me and, um, was just really got me to my highest path and started opening up to my best life and my authentic life and what I really wanted to do in the world. Um, and then it became, you know, I used it in parenting when we had the foster kids and working with them and teaching them about, you know, feeling your emotions. And, you know, we had high traumatic children with us with a lot of, um, a lot of wounds. And it was really helpful in the peaceful parenting process. Wow. How did you just stop in that part? Yeah. How did you get into being a foster parent? And how many kids have you had? We knew um, that was something my husband and I always wanted to do. We wanted to get a big house and fill it with kids and just share what we had and the ability. And I wanted to stay home with my daughter. And that was a way to be able to do it and, you know, share what we had. He was a really great, um, you know, he's always wanting to help children and be a teacher and a kind of a coach and that kind mm. of a person. And I always had that um, kind of mentality. So we basically always just had that as kind of a shared thing that we were going to do is let's just get a big house and, get a bunch of kids to care for too and share our love and joy. And we had at one time, the highest point was six children at one time. Whoa, <laughs> that's a house full. It was a house full and it, it was crazy and wonderful. That's so beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, I honor and applaud you for that. That's fantastic. Wow. Now, and just, um, just a little bit of info for our viewers. So Christian, Christian Strang is yeah. from Portland still. Yeah. 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 And well, uh, she doesn't live in Portland anymore. Um, now she kind of travels back and forth with a couple other, uh, you know, okay. she's back and forth from the coast. And, um, I must've read her books. Well, probably right when they came out, which was probably around 2015. Yeah. Right. When you said I you, think the first one, yeah. you found her, I cannot remember the name of the books. Well, there's, she did, um, a series of, um, like just kind of for fun ones, like spirit romance that were really great. But the ones that I mean, I use daily still their oracles, um, they're like, um, live like you're on vacation. Um, I think that was the first one. I, I have a stack of them on my, um, on my uh, dresser that I use every day as oracles kind of pulling through to see what the mm. message is for the day, uh, static union with the divine. Um, I can't remember the last one. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> okay. That's all right. But just so our people can get a get an idea of who you're talking about. Yes. And um, her organization is risingupforlove.org. It's a wonderful nonprofit. Oh, and she used to have billboards, or maybe she still she does. does. Still she does still, with the Joy Team. So she good. Does, she does around Portland. All of a sudden, you see this beautiful, bright, white and yellow yep. uh, billboard, you know, love written all over it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like, what? So good. <laughs> so awesome. Yes. Props to the Joy team, too. She, um, she works with them to do that. So good. Fantastic. Okay, great. So we got that. <coughs> wow. And so then, so now, so you're not fostering anymore. You're, 
we have one kiddo left who is just meant to be ours. We're in the process of adopting him. Um, so he was one of the kids that we've had for, gosh, three years now. Um, so he's, he's still with us, but we're not fostering as far as like actual active fosters. Um, so when you say us, are you talking about your, your divorced husband? Yes. So we, we're adopting him together. Like that's how we roll. We're that is so friends. freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How beautiful to maintain that kind of relationship. Yeah. And that's, you know, basically what, you know, you hear Hollywood talk about, I think conscious uncoupling, but you wonder like, Oh, that's just some weird Hollywood hippie thing. No, it's actually real and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And Christian was one of the people that helped me realize like, this doesn't have to be what the world thinks it is. Like you can create your own reality. And that's what we did. So we each other almost every day, the kids go back and forth. So we have a daughter together. Um, she's three and a half. And then we have our, um, you know, soon to be adopted kiddo, um, who's eight and, um, they go back and forth and they see us both, you know, all the time. And we do Christmas together and we do birthdays together. And, you know, that's not necessarily something that people have to do. A lot of people I see, you know, trying to do that because they should, that doesn't work for everybody, but it works for us. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, basically we created what everybody told us we couldn't, which is, you know, so, sort of the story of my life. Like, oh, that's not going to work. Yes. Yeah, it will be. It will work. <laughs> I, I want it to work. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it, it, and that's what I learned, you know, working through the spiritual piece and with Christian is anything that you have as a deep desire and like a goal in your heart that's authentic, not like a weird, like, oh, I want a million dollars or oh, I want to be famous. Like, and maybe that's authentic for some people, but mm -hmm. not coming from a wounded place, but anything that you know, you really resonate with as a desire is totally possible. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. They just have no idea. And they're, you know, there's so much wounding and stories and hmm. um, just negativity in the world about what's possible. And it's not true. You just don't have to listen to it. <laughs> right. You write your own story. Right. That's and on the website. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, that's what I, I teach my... It. That's what I teach my clients and my students all the time is, is how to rewrite and how to envision and how yeah. to build. So what's been, so you kind of, you've written your own kind of placement, yeah. <laughs> your job placement. And that's awesome too. So, so, so what do you call yourself? How do you, how do you describe what you do? I call myself a divorce consultant and then I kind of explain it because nobody knows what that is. Mm -hmm. um, and basically I just, um, and I'm also a life after divorce coach. So a lot of the people that come to me or maybe I work with them through the process, but um, some people come when they're already divorced and they just can't move on. They, they mm -hmm. need to find the empowerment and use this to live their best life. And so it's basically, I help people work through the process of divorce with peace and love and empowerment. So mm -hmm all things from logistical, financial, um, emotional, basically just helping them through the whole process in a peaceful way. Um, and I've helped people not get divorced. I actually have uh, a couple that came to me thinking they wanted a divorce and they ended up not, they're still together and really happy with what they were doing is sort of, you know, blaming the other and not doing their own work. And they realized when they did their own work, they both sort of rose up together and it was beautiful. So I do everything from pre-divorce, like the actual divorce, um, post-divorce after, um, you know, financial empowerment. A lot of people think that divorce has to be, 
really financially terrible too. Um, and so basically I just help walk people through the whole process, whatever they need. And some people only need help with co-parenting. They're really having a difficult time, you know, um, working that out with their former spouse. Other people, um, they just come to me individually saying, I need help moving on. Other people, they're like, I don't know what, where we should live. How, you know, should we sell the house? What are we going to do with the budgets? What do we do with the kids? How do we tell the kids? So it's the whole process. So it's anything from, you know, all or nothing, the whole shebang. That's fantastic. What, what has been, and, and you started this, what you said, about three or four years ago? No, and so we only, it's only been about two years that we started unraveling um, our marriage. And so I started this. I'm in the second year now, so okay. I did my licenses um, and and got the actual CDFA license, um, which is the financial expert of a divorce, um, at the beginning of last year. Yeah, nice. And what has been what have you found to be the hardest thing about rebuilding or building this this part of your business? Um, the hardest thing is just not listening to all the people that say it isn't possible to just start your own business and just do your own thing or that, you know, Oh, that's not going to work. I mean, just staying away from the noise, basically just shutting out everyone who says you can't do it. Oh man. There's, they're supposed to be lifting you up. <laughs> well, I don't think it's necessarily, it's not individual people. It's not like I have people in my life saying, Oh, well, that's crazy. I mean, a lot of people are surprised saying, wow, you just started your own business. Yeah, I did. Um, it's just the, you know, the stories and a lot of it's internal and a lot of it's what we know, like what we were, gotcha. you know, oh, you have to work for a company and you have to do this and you can't just start your own business. You can't just, you know, make something from scratch. You can't just create your own, you know, there's no such thing as what you're doing. You can't just make it. Well, sure I can. <laughs> but a lot of that is like the internal stories that we've sort of grown up with. Um, just like the, what is possible and what we know, um, and what works you just have to tune that out. But a lot of that is just an internal program running. Well, and so much of, so much of that is really finding your niche, right? right? Finding out what your specialties are and how you can combine them. And then who, who will you serve? Right. And is there, is there a need for it? Well, in your case, yes, there's a huge need for it, uh, which is great. Um, and that's, you know, for people out there who are wanting to build their businesses to, to find that niche and that's the, sometimes that's the hardest thing is defining exactly what you do and who is it for yeah who are you serving that's definitely um one of the most important things to figure out is who are you serving who who are you feeling called to work with who are you feeling called to help and then really focusing on them and building it around that ideal person they call it you know from b school <laughs> the customer avatar like who's right. your ideal client Right. <clears throat> and then making sure you're speaking to them. Yeah. So what, so as you work with people going through all these kind of emotional and financial and um, crises, maybe sometimes not such a crisis, but just how to navigate through these new journeys, uh, what do you do for yourself? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of self-care. And what do you do for yourself? What do you do every day to help keep you uh, clear and healthy and on your path? That is such a great question. And I think it's so important because a lot of people, you know, especially when you're a mom and you're doing business and you're doing this and you're doing that, it's very easy to be last and that does not work. Um, mm -hmm. That's such an important thing because, you know, you can't, 
you can't fill from an empty cup. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do is actually straight from, you know, what Christian teaches. So she has an energetic toolkit on her website that you can sign up for free. It's risingupforlove.org where it's a list of things that um, you can do to maintain clear energy and clear, you know, not taking on other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's simple things like, so what I do every day without fail is meditation. Um, that is so important. Um, just setting time aside just to connect with spirit and my higher self and, you know, just sitting and being quiet to allow, you know, things to settle. So that is a non-negotiable <laughs> is, is meditation. Good, um, good. I sage myself every day, which some people may not even know what that is. It's an old Native American thing, you know, energetic. You just, it's, you literally light it up and I have sage incense, so it's not so messy, but um, it clears the energy. Um, I'm all sorts of woo woo. So, um, I <laughs> love I, it. Yeah. Um, I take sea salt baths and I've got my crystals and, um, I do something that, you know, Christian teaches called return to sender where, you know, you make sure you don't take on anything of, so, you know, for instance, if you have a client that is in a toxic situation or if there's a meeting that is, um, somewhat triggered or charged, making sure that I didn't absorb that energy because empaths, people who like us, are very sensitive to energy will absorb that and you will take it on. And that is really a terrible spot to be. So, you know, basically just, um, making sure. And, um, Dave Markowitz, um, has a great book. Um, what is it? Self care for the self aware. That's where the return to sender came from is, you know, essentially gathering up all the energy and making sure that you're returning it back and clearing your field mm -hmm. uh, every day and just basically regrounding into, universe or mother nature, however you want to think about it, um, grounding into your authentic self. So I do that every day. Um, you know, I've got, um, I probably journal a few times a week, depending on what's happening. Um, and I've got Christian for mentorship support. So for instance, if I'm working through something really difficult, um, I have, that ability, you know, we all have blind spots. So having a mentor is really important. So working with so good. Yeah. Of, so I'm like, I can't figure out what this is. Like I don't, you know, um, connecting with her and then just working through. I think the most important thing other than, you know, those things that I've mentioned is, you know, working through the emotions and the triggers. So everything that comes to us that makes us sad or pisses us off or agitates us, whatever it is, that's for you. Like that's to show you what is inside of yourself to heal. And so the biggest self-care is just paying attention to those things and working through them rather than blaming another person. So, oh, you know, my kid made me angry. That's my kid. He was doing this. Nope, that's you. <laughs> There's something inside of you that's being triggered that you need to look at. Maybe it's a wound from childhood. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you're feeling ignored or not appreciated. Where inside you are you feeling wounded? That is the greatest work uh, and the most important work because otherwise we go through life you know, spewing our pain out on everybody else and, or just swallowing it. Totally. Right. right. No. Yeah. That's true too. Burying it with chips or chocolate or TV or, <laughs> or booze yeah. or whatever. I mean, it, it's, we're so not taught to feel our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's something that I think is so important. So I think that's probably the biggest self-care that isn't a lot of fun, but <laughs> it's important. But it's all part of the journey and it just takes you to the next level. I mean, so yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it can be icky and not fun, 
but I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm such a, a self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A self-help fanatic. You know, I'm always, I'm just so curious always of all the different tools and, and putting them into my toolbox if they resonate with me or work with me. And I love, I just love, well, that's kind of why I do this. I love finding what people do and how they use things and what, what works for them. And the whole exploration is just, it's so fascinating. Life is fascinating. <laughs> Super fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And being a human is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and our people out here and share what you do. I just think that's really phenomenal that you've been able to bring everything that you do together, everything you love together and, uh, you know, start building your business. Uh, you know, because it's necessary and needed and what a, what a gift. What a real gift to give to people going through some of those processes. Um, so, yeah, thank you for doing that work. And thank you for being here. Is there anything that you would like to share before we finish? Gosh, I don't, I mean, we covered a lot of fun stuff. I know we did. The biggest message that I have for people is just, you know, use whatever is going on to figure out who you are. Everything is always happening for you. It's always showing you the next layer of healing. Use it as a platform to figure out who you are and rise up and live your best life. Um, the universe is always helping you. It's always for you. So rather than you know, being a victim of it, find the power, find the inner strength, and use it to just you know, stand up on those steps of pain and heal it and you know, live your best freaking life possible because it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. All right, my friends, thank you all for being here and joining us for another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers with Anna DeMoshe today. Um, and of course, as always, I will put all her links and information in the blog so you can follow up with her and stay tuned with me for more episodes or all the past episodes. You can always see all the last two and a half years. Wow, I can't believe it's been so long. Mm -hmm. um, so amazing. Such great people. And again, thank you so much for being here, Anna. And thank you all for being here. Much love to you. Many blessings. Mwah. Until yeah. next time. All right. <laughs>